section. Are you the baptizees over here? Is that would that be right? Yeah, yay. So we'll be talking to you a little bit direct. Um, and in Hebrews chapter six, verse one and two, it tells us about the doctrines of the church. How many of you in here are part of the church? If you're born again, you are part of the body of Christ, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. So it says here, therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ, let us go on to perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God, of the doctrine of baptisms, of laying on of hands, of resurrection of the dead, and of eternal judgment. So the scripture is very clear that there are three baptisms listed in the word of God. The first one is the baptism into the body of Christ at the new birth. I already asked how many of you have been born again. How many of you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Then you have been baptized into the kingdom of God, into the body of Christ. The Bible tells us when we get born again, what happens? We're translated out of the kingdom of darkness and we are, we come out of the transla- out of the kingdom of darkness and we come into the kingdom of light, the kingdom of His dear Son. And then there's another baptism that many of you in here tonight have experienced as well. It's found in Acts chapter 2, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, where after you're born again, Jesus said, if we believe on Him, that He would baptize us with the Holy Ghost and with fire. And I know lots of you in here have experienced that as well. And then what we are going to see tonight is the baptism of water after the new birth. Now, the baptism of being baptized in water, it does not cause you to be born again. I'm not going to talk about other churches. I, I bless every church that names the name of the Lord. But there are some churches that teach the only way that you get into the family of God is to be water baptized. But that's backwards. You, If you have not been baptized already into the kingdom of God, confess Jesus as Lord, then you're going to go in the tank a dry sinner and come up a wet sinner. It just doesn't save you. But what the water baptism is, is an outward symbol of what's already happened here on the inside of you. So I want to ask all of you over here that are getting baptized tonight, how many of you love Jesus with all of your heart? Okay. Yeah, that's what I'm looking for. (laughs) You know for sure that you are born again, right? Well, let's read another scripture here in Romans chapter 6. Verse 3 and 4, and I want to read this out of the Amplified Version. Are you ignorant of the fact that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by the baptism into death, so that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, so we too might habitually live and behave in newness of life. I love how that says that. What this tells us is our old man was buried with Christ and our new man is risen with him. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in us and it has raised us to newness of life. 
That same power keeps our physical body strong. It gives us victory over sin. Now, there are many people that are getting water baptized tonight. And I think that's so awesome that you're here to say, what I'm doing is an outward expression of that newness of life that's on the inside of me. And when you go down under the water, just on the inside of you, just say, this is just a reminder that my old man is dead and my new man is alive unto Christ. And every one of us that are watching it, that can be a reminder to us that, hey, praise God, I've been risen into new life. Amen? There's a transforming power that is at work in our lives. And I like how it said this here, that when we receive Jesus, that we might habitually live and behave in newness of life. The newness of life at work on the inside of us. The power of God. That same power that raised Jesus from the dead. It is stronger than the force of the world. Anybody ever felt the force of darkness? You've ever felt the force of the world? Some things trying to pull you back maybe into an old habit or get you back into an old lifestyle. But this says that we can habitually behave and live in newness of life. This morning, Pastor was talking about his testimony of how he received Jesus and was delivered from drug addiction. If you've come to this church very long, you know that our backgrounds are on opposite ends of the spectrum. He grew up in Minneapolis in a city. He became addicted to drugs. I grew up in rural Oklahoma, a teeny little town, loved Jesus All of my life. And I see we got the CIA in here tonight. That's our kids. God's kids in action. And I just want to encourage you kids that are growing up here in church. The very best testimony. Not to be disparaging about what God did in my husband's life. Thank God for that. But when you are sitting in a church like this. And you're growing up in a home where your parents love Jesus. You can have the best testimony ever. And that best testimony is, I have habitually walked in the newness of life. That same power that raised Jesus from the dead is stronger at work in me than the pull of the world. We don't have to go out and do awful things in the world and then come back and say, well, now I have a testimony. Kids, youth, adults, you've got a testimony. Let the power of God work on the inside of you. That transforming power. Like I said, I was born again at a young age. And then when I was 10 years old, a little bit before my 11th birthday, in the summer of 1965, I was baptized in a lake as well. In Pawnee Lake, I was baptized in water. And then the very next summer, I went to camp and I was 11 years old, about to turn 12. And I was baptized in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. And fire. Every one of these baptisms, baptized into Christ, baptized with the Holy Spirit, baptized in water, every one of them 
changed my life and branded in me a plan and a purpose that God had for me. It marked me. As you're being baptized tonight, let this be a a time that is marked in your spirit where you're saying, I'm making that outward profession of what's already happened on the inside of me. And I'm determined and I'm walking in this newness of life with the power and the help of the Holy Spirit. How about you over here? Have you made that commitment? Glory to God. There's keeping power. There's saving power. Glory to Him. Now the word baptized literally means this. To immerse. To place completely and totally under. Completely and totally under. How many of you are completely and totally under the control of the Lord Jesus Christ. Completely and totally submitted to Him. Totally under. Now, some of you come up here to get baptized tonight, and if Pastor and, and Joe hold you down a little extra time... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Maybe they sense you just need to be under... A little, no, not really. No, they're not going to do that to anybody. <laughs> Hold you under just a little, little, no. But every one of us that have been baptized, you know what we're doing? We're declaring the Lordship of Jesus. We're saying, Jesus, you are my Lord. Satan, you are not my Lord. Sin, you are not my master. Perhaps some of you sitting in here, some of you coming to be baptized, Maybe your testimony wasn't the same as mine. Maybe you have a colorful past. But I'm here to tell you tonight that you got a brand new future. Glory to God. That old man is dead. Romans 6.11 in the Amplified, it says this. Even so, consider yourselves also dead to sin. And your relationship to it broken. I love that. Your relationship to it broken. But alive to God. Living in unbroken fellowship with Him in Christ Jesus. Now let's look at this scripture a little bit in detail. He said, consider yourself dead to sin. Your relationship with it broke it. Broken. It doesn't mean that we're not ever going to sin again, but it does mean we're not married to it. We're not even in a serious relationship. We're not going steady with sin. If that is still a thing, the kids still go steady. I don't know. But we're not in relationship with sin. Dead to it. Cut it off. Broke up with it. It says broken. Your relation to it is broken. We broke up with sin. Anybody in here done that? Amen. Now look at verse 12. Let not sin therefore rule as king in your mortal, short-lived, perishable bodies to make you yield to its cravings and be subject to its lust and evil passions. Everybody say this. Sin is not my Lord. Jesus is my Lord. The power of God in me 
is stronger than any pull of the world. Say it again. Jesus is my Lord. Now, guess what? We don't have to yield to temptations, cravings. They're going to come, but we do not have to yield. The greater one is greater inside of us. We often have to remind this old man that he is not in charge. Sometimes kids like to say this. If somebody's babysitting them or whatever, they like to say, you're not the boss of me. Anybody ever been told that watching somebody else's little kid? You're not the boss of me. Well, we ought to get sassy when it comes to sin. You're not the boss of me. You're dead. Many of you will remember, it's still a toy, a jack-in-the-box. You know what a jack-in-the-box, before there was jack-in-the-box drive-thrus and jack-in-the-box commercials, there really was a jack-in-the-box toy that you wind it up. You push the little thing down in there, close the lid, and wind it up. You keep cranking it and keep cranking it. And then after a while, what happens? Ah! Jack pops out of the box. Well, that can be symbolic of your flesh, the old nature. He's dead, and he's down there in that box. But there's certain people that just turn the crank. You get around them, and they say this, and they do this, and you can just feel it. You can feel, oh, man, he's about to pop out of the box. That old man. Then what do you got to do? You got to cram him back down in there. Push the lid down. No, no, no. You're not coming out of the box, Jack. You're dead. I'm not yielding to you. You know, Thanksgiving holidays. Hello, way over there in the amen corner. Thanksgiving holidays is a good time to practice. Reminding. You must have one of those relatives. Reminding the old man that he is dead. Here you are at grandma's house. And there comes Uncle Joe. No offense, Uncle Joe. And Uncle Joe just loves to rub your flesh. Push your buttons. Try to get you in strife. And you can just feel it. You can feel Jack's coming up. He's trying to get out of the box. You know what? This is a good thing to say. We heard this recently from a friend of ours. I thought it was perfect. When you're around people that kind of do grate your flesh a little bit, he said, just smile, even if you're gritting your teeth. <laughs> smile and say, no reflection on you. Did I tell you how good it is to see you? And then change the subject. Is that grandma's pumpkin pie that I smell? And then in walks Aunt Sue. And Aunt Sue loves to talk about all the stuff you did in the past. I'm telling you, Vern, you were such a rascal. You ruined the family name. You did this and you did that. You ruined the family name. Well, you know what your flesh wants to do. Your flesh wants to retaliate. But you know what you got to do? Smile. No, Aunt Sue. That man that did that is dead. He's dead. I am a brand new creation.
salvation in Christ Jesus. That man is dead. Let me ask you another question. Does a dead man have any power? If a man is dead, now this might be a gross illustration, but if you were at somebody's funeral and this man is dead in the casket, you could walk up there and you could talk about his dog. You could say your dog's horrible. You could walk up there and make fun of his kids. You could say your wife is ugly. What's he going to do? What's he going to say? How's he going to respond? He's not. Why? He's dead. You get the picture. That's the way we ought to treat that old man. You are not the boss of me. You are not in charge. I don't care what Uncle Joe or Aunt Sue says. That old man, the way he used to react, the way he used to retaliate, he is dead. Why is he dead? Because I've been made a brand new creation in Christ Jesus. Let me read a couple more scriptures. At 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Isn't it good news to know that that old man, he didn't just die, but you got a new man. Woo! On the inside. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 in the Amplified. Therefore, if any man is engrafted into Christ, the Messiah, he is a new creation. Everybody say new. new. A new creature altogether. The old previous moral and spiritual condition has passed away. Then I love this. Be, read that last line with me. Behold, the fresh and the new has arrived. The fresh and the new has arrived. Talking about a brand new start. When we get born again, our spirit is not refurbished. It's not remodeled. It's made brand new. Hallelujah. And then that line that says you are a brand new creation all together. Every single part of us is made new. Praise the Lord. If you weren't here this morning in the 11 a.m. service, I went in the 9. I know it was awesome too. But in the 11 a.m., Pastor talked about one of the names of God. And it is Jehovah Sidkenu, the Lord, our righteousness. He is our righteousness. He put us in right standing with himself. He put us in a brand new family, a brand new kingdom. We're in the kingdom of God. And in this kingdom is righteousness, joy, and peace. Hallelujah. Are you happy about that? And this kingdom is full of blessings and good things. I want to read one more scripture about this kingdom that we're in. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 12 in the Amplified. Now, we have not received the spirit that belongs to the world, but the Holy Spirit, who is from God, given to us, that we might realize and comprehend And appreciate, I love that, appreciate the gifts 
of divine favor and blessing so freely and lavishly bestowed on us by God. That's a function of the Holy Spirit to help us to realize, to comprehend. If we can't even comprehend it with our natural mind, all the good things that God has given to us and done for us. In this same passage, in a few verses above it, it says, I have not seen, ear hath not heard, neither has entered into the heart of man the things that God has in store for those who love him. But the next verse says, but he reveals them unto us by his spirit. His Spirit, the Spirit of God, that same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead and lives in us and quickens us. He is there to help us to comprehend and to appreciate all that has been given unto us. It is Thanksgiving this week and it's a wonderful time to reflect And to count our blessings, not looking at what we don't have, but grateful and thankful for what we do have. Thankful for our family. Thankful that we have a home, that we have our needs met, we have food on our table. And most of all, thankful that we're in a new kingdom. We're in the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Woo! And what he has for us is divine favor. He said that. Blessings that he has freely and lavishly bestowed upon us. Listen to what the word lavish means. I know some of you already know. This is what you do with butter on a baked potato. Or perhaps whipped cream on your pumpkin pie. Some people like a little pumpkin pie with their whipped cream. However you eat it. Lavish. Lavish means this. Marked or produced by extravagance. Our Father, He's not wasteful, but He is extravagant. And He said, I want you to comprehend. I want you to realize how I have so freely and lavishly lavishly smeared like you smear butter all over that potato. I've lavishly bestowed divine favor and blessing. That's something to be thankful about, isn't it? Woo! We have been lavishly and freely blessed, blessed of God and surrounded about with divine favor. Glory be to God. So as you celebrate Thanksgiving, I want you to remember that. And as we watch these people baptized tonight, let's just be thankful for what God has done in their lives. Every one of them are born again. Psalms 34, 8 says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Can I get a witness over here? Has God been good to you? Aren't you thankful that you're here tonight to be water baptized, that you maybe are not out doing what you used to do, but you're in church praising the name of Jesus. So let's be happy tonight as we watch these declare outwardly what God has done inwardly. Amen. Let's raise our hands and just thank God.
Hallelujah for your goodness. Lord, you are good and you are good all the time. And we bless you in this place tonight. We thank you, Lord. Hallelujah.